Dan's a fantastic man. He really is. Episode 72 and it's me, Gary Parsons, and of course the prof, Carl Riley. Hello. It's bitter in Johnny Blues today. We're just trying to warm up. It's quite cold. Yeah, so we're going to talk about uh, Pats, the last minute winner last week. Uh, Waterford and uh, questions from the East End semi-final with Davy Mack and Big Al. And of course the members corner with Juz Mason. And we're recording those segments after we do this show, in case you're wondering why we play them and then don't talk about them at all. <laughs> yeah, that's the reason. we've had a bit of a... We've had to delay our recordings uh, this week, but you will get to hear them. And uh, with James Lowe, talk about James Lowe, his quote last week went there well, saying that paying the membership fee is like giving money to a sick child. <laughs> it's, a, it's a charity. Curious analogy. Um, I think we should do also a Q&A each week from a fan, Gar. So, first one comes in from young Pat Tuhi. Okay. He asks, how come your second name isn't Blue? Did you take your ma's name? Pat Tutty, the, the the crankiest man in the history of Rovers. <laughs> Guy's unbelievable, isn't he? Everything. He's just unhappy with everything. And you still haven't handed over your 50 euro gear? No, as a season's not over, Prof. You See? would have had to score six goals in each of the last three games to, to win your bet. Stranger things have happened. Listen, you never know. You would have had to break the Rovers club record for goals in the game three times. He, um, Shazzy, just, he's, he's rusty, isn't he? He's, like he was true on goal not true on goal but he had a good good chance to even hit the target and you know get a reaction from the crowd and it's just not his season probably one of the worst cases of second season syndrome ever I think we, we'll put it out there to the fans can you can you remember when a player got player of the year and was with us the season after and had such an uneventful season it's actually his third season though because he was with us under nutty too yeah but like that's what I'm saying like the, the player that got player of the year and then did literally nothing or, or, or little or nothing the next the next season like it's such a sharp decline in form well, he's also he's preferred Kara too Shawzi so it's not like Shaw started every game yeah and true been, true yeah bad. very true yeah and then we have uh, we've Keith Doyle Frankfurt Gaffer so we thought we'd give him a big shout out there playing against the Bow Supporters Club who we've had our run-ins with before Prof with the Glenmalo Rovers shout out to all the Glenmalo Rovers alumni Nolly O'Brien, Pat Tutty and all the rest of the lads. So good luck to the boys against them. And uh, hopefully no shenanigans on the on the sidelines. Uh, yeah, so we're going to move straight into it. Lashing into the members corner and we have the memory man, Justin Mason. I'm a member! So we're here for our members corner with Justin Mason. So Juz, uh, tell us how long you've been a member and why did you become one? Um, it was back in I think October 2002 Carl, and there was an open meeting up in the plaza and I think it was Jack Wilson Nordwestern now could be open to action that suggested to the people at the meeting they're going to set up this thing called the 400 Club to basically help, help us get into Tala as you know at the time Tala was just one stand it was a shell it was an eyesore so I think it was going to be used to try and get a mortgage to get us over the line into Tala so like at the time I was 25 I was single I had a bit more disposable income than I do now and I just went yep I'll go for that and so since November 2002 I've been I joined the 400 club and I've been a member ever since why do you think fans own the football club is the way to go well I think we've seen at Rovers um, if fans have now signed the club the owners of the club can do anything we saw that with Milltown um, and I think you don't want it to go the other way Carly. you don't want people going well members should vote on everything because we'd be having meetings every week then you know and it, it, that that's just pointless but the one thing the big decisions that need to be made by the club cannot be passed unless the members have a say i think that's a huge factor we saw with the academy 
here that we had to have a meeting here we had an EGM in, in Tala and in the end the members voted for it and I think it proved to be a very very good decision as we can see from outside it's fantastic here now so I think it's good that you have a say in how your club is run may not be you'd say but it's to say and it's better it's better um, being inside the tent spitting out than being outside the tent spitting in We've done four or five of these now and the number one thing that keeps being brought up is the price so what do you think is the best way to improve members' numbers? Well, I think first you should, should look at lapsed members and give them an incentive to come back, maybe for three to six months only. You know what you do with uh, internet providers where you will give you the first three or six months for a lower cost and then bring them back up to the fuller cost. So maybe people who left for whatever reasons, maybe financially or other reasons, you could bring, give them maybe 25 quid in for the first six months and then bring them back in on the, the full the full amount. I think the cost is a big issue. I think when I was younger, I was, yeah, it's only 50 quid, it's only a couple of points a week, but as you get older and you have more people have commitments and family commitments and, and stuff like that, I think 50 quid is a lot. It's 600 quid a year. I think as Tommy Tommy said, without the season tickets, we're 390, which is which is a lot. Now, in fairness, in the last couple of years, we're getting more for their book than we had in previous. I think the, the packet of start is a great idea. Like I, I'm a Leicester season ticket fan I, uh, holder and I've been getting that for 10 years and just something, sm- it's not a huge thing but it's small and it makes you feel part of it. I think the um, getting the priority for big match tickets, we haven't had huge matches recently, please God that'll change and that's been very good. Um, I think the, I think John Connie mentioned the family one, I think that's not a bad suggestion. Um, and I know um, Nick mentioned about well, if you change the prices, what about uh, one pair, like the, the voting structure? That that be the tricky bit because if you have different price range, then the voting structure you could go. Some person might go, well, I'm paying fifty quid, I've only got one vote. He's only paying twenty quid, and he's the same vote as me. So that could be awkward. It is a tough one. But I'd like to like I uh, at the moment I'm okay to pay fifty quid a week, but not a month. But everyone is. I think if you can afford it, do it. But if you can't. As someone said, don't go into to hock just to, to become a member of the club. You need to obviously put your own personal finances first. But if you have the it's a fair few bob cash, do it. For me, it's it because it's been coming out my bank account for sixteen years now. It's not something I miss. It's just there, so I'm used to it now. But for for new people, it could be a big thing. So maybe try and get some incentives to get them in. Maybe start them at a lower cost. Like last member, start them at a lower cost, and then put up to the 50 after a while you might get some more who'll do that then if we do get back up to 400 uh, members and beyond would you ever cap it in your opinion I don't think it's ever going to be an issue Carl um, like it's not as if we're going to have 100,000 members um, it would depend on the success of the club and, and the stadium if we were to go let's say if everything was to go as, as we hope it would and we were to start winning these and, and cups and dominate everything and you had you were getting 6,000 matches with 1,000 members maybe I'd cap it at thousand to fifteen hundred but I don't think that's ever going to be an issue I think we're always we're always going to be around the three hundred to four hundred mark in the foreseeable future I hope I'm wrong but I think that's the way it will be and what would you say to someone to convince them to become a member it's your club simple as that in college I remember being asked once what did you see yourself in ten years and I think it was seventeen times at owning Shamrock Rovers now since that I'm glad I didn't come the case on my own because I just like I've seen a lot of good men who've own the club over the years and it's just it's just gone against them um, but to be a part of the club um, to basically say that I am part owner of the club that I just adored and is a massive part of my life is a huge thing um, and to have a say in it Carl I mean it, it, it's great to like with the with the academy we all had a say like and even if you voted against it you still had to you still were able to do that like there's in a lot of clubs there's decisions made and whether you like it or not you just know saying how it's done so at least in relation to being a member your voice is heard which I think is a huge thing so 2018 what's your season highlight? there's two um, one game I was at one game I wasn't at the start of the game I was at um, it was the night we beat Cork 3 and Tal it was like my birthday so great birthday present um, and it showed I think even though that was our sticky past the season between start of April and start of June that showed how good a team we actually can be and uh, we, were, we were outstanding that night and should have won more but I think the other highlight from the game was that was done dark I was watching it I had to work late so I was watching it at home and uh, on my phone on Scarlife and uh, I was getting texts from I think lads who were there and as he went down I think that's not a penalty and then the text comes through penalty and I was like oh he's giving it 
and I couldn't watch it. And then when I put it away, I just let out this. Ma- I think I put all of my WhatsApp chat on mute because I didn't want it in case there was a delay. And uh, when he stuck the ball away, I let out a roar. And poor Brenda was like, "What are you roaring for?" You know, it was brilliant. So I think they were my two highlights of the season. So the Player of the Year awards are uh, on Friday night. Everyone's been voting, and their draw was on nine. Who did you pick? A uh, young player went for Brandon Kavner. I just think every time I've seen him, he's been outstanding. I know there might be a push for Gavin, and that's completely understandable because of he was so good in the six games, and it helped get him his move to Manchester City. But I just think over the season, I just think Brandon has just been outstanding, and he's he definitely one for the future. And you have players like Kevin Kilban, who are international footballers, saying they really rate this lad. That's a great sign, so that's why we went for him for young player of the year. Player of the year? Uh, I went for Lee Grace. Yes, there was a mistake in Waterford. Yes, there was a bigger mistake in Drogheda. But if you just look at Games Card, he's just so calm on the ball. He runs out ball with defence. He's such a good leader. And uh, I definitely think he's a future captain of this club uh, if he stays. And I just think he's been outstanding. I know people will point to the to the uh, the mistakes in Drogheda, and, and rightly so. It was a, it was a sort of a, a rash decision to go on pulled the, the drive attacker down because him, I think it was Chris Lyons he still had to beat Manus but apart from that and the mistaken Waterford for one of the goals early in the season he's been absolutely outstanding I can see the people have gone for Carr I think the timing his goal against Pats has really helped Dan he's been very good for us this season and I hopefully get a new contract and still be here next year and people still going for Borky because until he left to go to Preston he was outstanding and 13 league goals and, and all that but I just think for me consistently I just think Lee Grace has been our best player this season now you're quite fond of the 994 title winning season. Uh, Adam Byrne shaded that one, player of the year, over uh, Stephen Gagan. Can you think of any seasons where the award winner you totally disagreed with it or anything interesting? Not really. I think we've had arguments with people about the 1998 one. Um, I went for Matt Britton that year and he got it. And a lot of people said I couldn't believe it. But Britain, I thought Britain was outstanding that year. His forays up another right, right wing from right back were outstanding. 2010 was a tough one I think to decide because coming up to that we were going for the league and cup and same with 2011 they were both tough but in 2010 I went for Rice and it was one moment that basically made me choose him I think we were playing Pats in the cup semi-final and he won the ball from the Pats winger crossed it right onto Gary Twig's head Twig headed it in and as soon as that would go and then I had to celebrate to one of the lads that's it player of the year and now he'd been brilliant but it was, it was a tough decision that year but there's always one moment where you think yeah that's why and that was it that year Ever really disagree with them? No, not really. I actually went for Bourne over Gagan in 1994 because um, I knew Gagan was gone. I didn't know Bourne was gone, so maybe that was a rebellious folks, you know, at the time. But um, no, not really. But um, I've generally gone for generally most of the time the player for has actually gone and won it, so I haven't really disagreed. Who'll be your uh, number one transfer target over the winter? I think we need a centre forward car. We need something to bring. If we if we had a striker, um, we'd be. I think we'd be ahead of car. I think we've sorted out the back four and defensive with the goalkeeping issue. We now have Big Al back, which is great, and Gavin. don't think he'll play much between now and next June, but we have him there. I still think Kevin Hogan could. I think he was just trust into some very uh, pressurised positions early on in the season um, for a very young man. I think he could learn a lot from Manus, and I think he could be a decent number two. Um, I think we're OK at the back. I think in midfield we're pretty good. Um, I just think it's up front if we just had someone who could get us 15-20 goals a season we'd be fantastic it's not easy I know we've been linked with a number of names but certainly um, we need to get a centre forward in who that is I've heard the name Jordan Owens being mentioned he scores goals from up the north so he might be a good suggestion if if we have a time machine maybe go back 10 years and if 10 year Gary Twig from 2008 would be ideal but we certainly need a centre forward in my opinion Hopefully we do the business on Friday and we sealed third place and wish Gary used to be none to play for in Sligo last game of the season. So do you have any memory from an end of season game, like a total dead rubber, which was just a great day out for whatever reason? Yeah, there's a there's a couple. I think I'll mention briefly 2003. Well, we well it was meant something. We had to win it to win the um, to get in the Intertotal Cup. We beat Langford three two last minute goal. Great night in the horse and jockey and inch card after that. Um, 2000 I think we played Shells in the last day of the season Shells had already won the league um, we were I think we were going to finish 5th and we beat them 2-0 but it was it was a deluge that morning in Santry and most of the volunteers were helping sweep up the pitch beforehand so anyone who got up there early was, was given a brush and trying to sweep the pitch and I think I remember doing that but I think the favourite one for me is 98 
we'd qualified for the Intertoto Cup and we were 2-0 down to Cork and we came back to draw 2-2 but that night I think Shells and Pats were going for the league and uh, the week before Shells had beaten us 2-1 had absolutely robbed us uh, John Fury I still don't know how Stephen Gagan punched the ball in and apparently I was so angry that night my face was purple leaving Tottenham Park so I was hoping that Pats would win the league and Shells went to Dundalk and lost and uh, Pats went to Kilkenny and won so Pats won the league so I left Tagos meet me mate who's come back from Dundalk met him the local he was absolutely despondent so I didn't slag him too much but I believe in Talga Park that night a lot of Rovers fans waited for Shells fans to come back for Talga and there was a lot of a lot of sticks flying about the next night was my 21st and I let rip at every Shells fan who was there oh they just I just laughed for 10 minutes <laughs> right before I made any speech that night so that was probably one of my favourite ones 1998 yeah so that was Justin and no idea what he said because it didn't actually happen yet <laughs> whatever he said I'm sure it was brilliant uh, the, the, the Simpsons fanatic still massive shout out for all his suggestions and uh, inclusions into the show so we'll move on to the game and we beat Pats 1-0 in inch court with an injury time winner by Dan Carr and I literally I left just to get into work describe the scenes Gar. 30 seconds 30 seconds I swear to God I was only out the barrier I actually ran back I went to the barrier and then I ran back in because I heard another cry and I thought it was a penal it seemed like some sort of important decision by the ref and I looked and then your man goes you're in or you're out and he goes oh fuck it I had to leg it to work well Gareth first of all that ref was not given a penalty for anything that ref was amazing right I thought I was watching a scene from the Hunger Games at times Shazzy could have flung a spear through Brendan Clark's chest and he would have got a caution <laughs> what, that, did, what did Craig Rogers say hashtag Royal Rumble hashtag Royal Rumble I think Bam Bam Bigelow was in the shed end waiting for a tag to get involved because it was absolute bedlam. You could kick who you want. And it made a flow. There was no real dirty tackles. It was uh, it was just a good old school slog of a match with fl- tackles flying in. People... I thought it was a horrible match to watch. First, match was, first half was horrendous. I thought the first hour was maybe the worst game of the season. Po- very possible. It was that bad. Nothing. It was like ping pong. You know, one ball got lumped up, they kick it back to us. It, nobody wanted the ball. Nobody wanted to actually have the ball, they just wanted to kick it away. It was uh, it was very, very hard to watch. But we had a bit of a crack in the stand anyway. Shout out to Mark Keaton and Muggsy! If if you're not familiar with him, this fella is nuts. Him, Mark Keaton and El Muggsy. Um, yeah, so that's the 1-0. And we're going to talk f- about the starting lineup with Gary Shaw in for Aaron Green up front. It was the only change to the team. And your, your prediction of C-block... Starting didn't come true, Prof. Unfortunately, I would I would have loved to have seen it happen. Yeah, he only made. He was the on the bench, but uh, six subs named in a strange <laughs> scenario there as well. What was that about? I don't know. Surely we could have drafted in under nineteen. Yeah, players, had to have been. Yeah, but listen, but that I was mean, um, probably not needed at all. You know, call him up just to just to sit there and probably know he won't get a game. That was Chelsea's first league start since May eleventh oh, against wow. Waterford. His only other start since then was Drogheda in the cup. That was just after he scored May eleventh. Just after he scored the two goals off the bench. Crazy, crazy stuff. Well done on your prediction, by the way, Dogger. I know. I only uh, Glenn Dunn made me aware of that from the junior hoops. He said I only listened to the show. You got your you got your prediction bang on. I was like, oh yeah. I only got the goal scorer though. I think I picked a different goal scorer. I don't think mm. I picked Danny Carr. I can never remember what I picked even no. a day later. No, never. But um, yeah, so that was the squad and we've a new boozer. Before the match, we don't have coffees anymore because it's sadly gone, so rest in peace to coffees. We're in the marble, the marble arch. Even though Johnny Blue said it's a kip. And Johnny Blue was right. <laughs> what a shithole. But listen, it's our shithole. And loads of hoops there, so it was good cracking. And then the march on to Emmett Road after a couple of pints. A couple of overseas hoops back. We had the fields, our fella, back. And uh, it's good to see him. He's back. He's noshing all the schnitzel in Frankfurt the last last couple of months. I thought he was just going to live in Germany this week. No, I think he's just uh, he's off yeah. to Australia now in uh, December. So good luck to the fields, I fella. And I uh, I pity all the, the the Sydney women over there. Other uh, notes from the Marbler. Uh, we met Deco Fitzsimons again. Yeah, Deco Costello slash Fitzsimons yeah. slash... What else? <laughs> he's, a couple of surnames. Apparently he's decided to adopt the Cunningham name that I gave him last week. So I'm just going to call him Mr. Cunningham. He actually on. started speaking randomly yeah. and out of turn and he was like, oh sorry, that was Deco Cunningham. 
It was his alter ego. He said we were saying nice things about him, so I built some guy called Cunningham. So I just fast forwarded because it couldn't be him. Yeah. Also, uh, Tommy Tarmy got a haircut. I wasn't happy about this. No, not happy at all. Samson has lost his strength. What happened to his beautiful locks? The beautiful silver locks are gone. So, Tommy, you're on the list of hatred. And uh, thought you wasn't impressed with my Conor McGregor beard, he called it. Yeah, you know, yeah, but listen, he's not impressed with anything. No. Anything. Seriously, if he's ever, ever happy about anything, I'll tell you what, pigs will fly. I give him one credit, though. He's always been supportive of Ethan Boyle. Has he? Longer than anyone. Anyway. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, it's his fourth season. Um, I'm hoping he can improve. Confidence could be a big thing for him. Confidence could be a massive thing for him. He, uh, we'll see what happens next season. He's he's around. He's around for next season. Put I it that thought way. aside from Greg Bulger, he was my man. The match in Richmond. Yeah, he was your man. I, I thought, thought Greg. I thought out. Greg Bulger was fantastic. Yeah. Now, he he really really was. And oh yeah, I'd give it to Greg. All right, but Greg was great, yeah. wasn't he? Where was your uh, Inspector Gadget jacket gone? Girl? Inspector Gadget. Yeah, no, that was gone. Uh, I I thought this. I couldn't take the stick from you anymore, bro. <laughs> couldn't take. it but Richmond Park, it's a vibe storm column and uh, it was all uh, much ado about nothing really. Bit was there of, even a pitch inspection? Uh, I, I, I don't even know. It, it seemed okay. Didn't didn't look out of place at all. So the, just, the, it was just wet. Yeah, now the match went ahead. It was windy the night before. Now I was working mm. nights and the wind was, was really, really strong during the night. But other than that, we're flying. And El um, Borgie was back in the shed end. He was in our stand as well. We're stand wanker. So he was in mm. the stand with us. Briefly, and then um, one of our own. But I, you know, I've seen his mother around as well. Games when he's not there, he, well, I haven't seen him, but I've seen his mother at games as well. So maybe she's taking a passing interest now. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Borky was in the shed end with all the boys, and uh, it's good to see him back and giving fans the time of day as well, taking pictures. And Tommy Kelly got a selfie. He was straight in there, yeah. So Paddy Camarn, he says, uh, my youngfellas came out in the jack shout and Graham Bork is in there. <laughs> <laughs> great to see the kids growing up having yeah. idols like that in and around the terraces and after the game when the players came out for the warm down he actually hopped onto the pitch and he was just chatting to Bradzer and McPhail now so that was cool ah, he's a good lad and I, I pray that we see him in the hoops again one day but listen I hope he has a long and fruitful career but then he comes back and he dons the hoops once again but we had um, the Lafayette officials prof like I said um, I'd love to see what constitutes a red card in Lafayette uh, maybe decapitation because these guys were just so lax and it was great to see some great shouts from the fans during this game such as go back to Vilnius you prick <laughs> yeah well which, fuck off back to Russia which I think is actually in Lithuania yeah <laughs> we should have sent Budimir to Latvia as part of an exchange programme I'm telling you they'd love him they would love Budimir they, they'd think he was fantastic but um, Johnny Ward we're actually giving Johnny Ward a shout out here uh, who's actually been quite pro Rovers recently he thinks we'll do well with a couple of signings I read his RTE report in this game and the only thing that stood out was we're still way off the dock which we are So yeah true but he thinks that if we progress and we get mm. a couple of signings he does think that we'll do well So, but his review of the game was fair and complimentary so. yeah no I actually it's he has been quite uh, good on, on League of Runner Weekly recently he's, he's a bit um, he's a bit different so it's 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 something else but yeah, he said, "Call out to the Lafayette geezer who were who refereed in Richmond tonight. He literally, literally let everything go by decapitation, and he don't even reluctantly give a yellow for that. Would love him doing more Dublin derbies. So we did let the game flow. But uh, Killian Brennan wasn't warming up either. Prof, you heard I was in the stand. You had no one to go to war with. No one to spit at or yeah. or throw things at. So you had to resort to Gerald Bryan hairdresser references and." Ian Birmingham doll references and uh, El Splinter warming up as usual yeah we did get Duna versus Fielder's uncle that was, yeah. that was a good matchup see now yeah Derek Derek yeah. is good Craig yeah so Duna came on he doesn't just park the cars anymore no he's not a car park attendant anymore only part time he actually is a footballer believe it or not and uh, a couple of things that we noticed as well Prof uh, Manus was kind of stuck to his line he was yeah he actually gave us a couple of scary moments couldn't believe it not something I've noticed 
since he's come to us. No, not at all. First, first time I've ever thought to myself, is Manus looked a bit ropey there. So, mm. um, also, I think it was the Pico who was on a podcast recently, and he was Pico was actually brilliant on that podcast. I think he was talking about how loud Manus is and how that helpful that is to defence. Yeah, but when you're in a, like an intimate venue like Richmond, you think you wouldn't notice that. I didn't, I didn't think he was loud at all. Maybe he was under the weather. I don't know. We'll yeah. we'll, we'll chalk it down to a, a once off. But um, yeah, no, Pico was very good on that podcast. He was he was it wasn't just like a feature. He was there throughout the whole thing. It was actually it was really good, and he uh, he gave Daryl Leahy the the benefit of the doubt and said it was never a penal. <laughs> so obviously the, the defenders union there. But uh, the first half chances we had a good Madden cross for Ryan Brennan, but he headed over. Never really troubled. Um, Finner had a shot over the bar, and then we had a great move ending with Kustrain heading over. He really should hit the, hit the target. That was a that lovely one. move. That was, that was a beautiful like move. Car flicked it out to Boyle. Swinging a great cross from Boyle. Lovely cross. And definitely should have hit the target. I mean, just make the keeper work, put it in the bottom corner, put it into the ground so it hops up over the keeper. You know, just make him work. But listen, Joel Kustrain uh, is not known for his heading ability, I don't think so. Pats were just hoping to score from his set piece, weren't they? If that was the most negative I've seen Pats in a long time. If you remember last year when they beat us here, uh, the 2 0, yep. they were both headers. So obviously, had that in mind again. When O'Hanlon literally got, came on and ran, mm. didn't even break stride from coming I on. I think that from was the, the bench. previous one. Was that the previous one? And he ran on and he scored straight from a header. I think pretty much all their British Because oh, he was with Cork this season, headers, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, he signed for Cork. But, uh, yeah, luckily we never got to hear that beating Cowbell. Surprisingly enough, because that's that's everywhere. That's every away game you'd hear on um, mm. on Soccer Republic. How many goal of the month contenders have been ruined by that bell? Like I you, know, you're yeah. watching like a scorcher from forty yards, mm. and you're watching in slow motion, and then you hear ding, 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 ding. Do you ding, remember ding. in Oriel whenever they scored, all you'd hear was yeah. <laughs> Doesn't happen anymore, but you'd, you'd hear that every so often. <laughs> they used to call themselves the Mujahideen. Do you remember? Cringe. But uh, yeah, so the second half, and uh, Kavanagh headed over from another Boyle cross, and uh, we started to threaten then. I thought um, we started to put the pressure on after 60 minutes. I think we were playing against the win second half, were we? If I recall correctly. I think Pats were playing against the first half. To be honest, I um, I didn't really notice the win, to be honest. But I, just, I thought that we started putting pressure on in the second half, and... Um, Nearly, nearly became fruitful. In the 73rd minute, their keeper made his fourth save. Kustra was true and Finn with the follow-up. Yeah, saved again by Brendan Clark. If he'd played like, like, play like this at Marcus Field, they'd have awarded him the Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah. Never mind man the match. <laughs> uh, we, yeah, so a lot of chances then came our way. If Watts shot deflected over, Kavanagh had a, a fantastic save. Pull it, he made he made Brendan Clark work. He, he, he yeah. didn't work over him. Still looking for his first goal really he did score in the Leicester Senior Cup but I mean I don't know if he'd even count that at the moment because that was another 19s lineup. so yeah. dying for him to get his first proper first team goal you know and we had a Danny Carr goal that's allowed as well I think Pats were probably tired in the last 15 minutes and we took full advantage yeah made a rake of chances and um, and uh, Sam Bone came on with 4 minutes to go so we all joked that right we're happy with the point now that's what that means yeah bring Sam Bone on sitting in front of the back four yeah but the goal came and as like I said I missed it but I've watched it back about 20 times on Twitter and what a goal. Started off with Watts. 1-2 with Finn and sprayed out to Brandon Cavanagh and then a right foot across and Danny Carr to nod home and it was an excellent, excellent team goal. The weight on this cross was <sighs> perfect. Perfection. Perfect. And it was it was floated. It wasn't pace. It was a floaty with his right foot, his, his weaker foot, mind you. And Danny made it look easy, but he did. He had to place it. Yeah, he definitely did. He had to place it in the bottom right corner, into the ground, and a fantastically smart finish. So. Credit as well to Watts for the driving run, because I think that epitomises what he's been bringing to us since he signed. Yeah, I think so. And that, that driving run is something that is essential to a team. And I'm always talking about power and pace on the wings, but if you have that type of player in the middle of the park, in the 10 roll, let's say... And you have support and wingers like the way Carl Shepard will play on the right side for Cork. If you have players that are driving on with that number 10, like in the watch roll, who is driving on as well, your teams are going to back off you and you're going to do damage if you have the players in the right positions. And I think that uh, we definitely should be building a team around maybe, um, I think Watts or Carr itself. Like, I mean, Carr, ideally, where would you play him? Would you play him up front with a two? Would you play him on the left? 
in a four-three-three. But I think it's a bit of a conundrum. I'd like to, you'd like to see him paired with striker, but if Brazier is always going to play one up front, then I'd like to see Carr. Yeah, I like I like when Carr gets the ball. Yeah, like a yeah. Free roll. I like when he yeah, exactly. I like when he gets the ball in and around, maybe outside the eighteen-yard box, out to the left, and the <coughs> defender like he does this thing where he kind of stops. And he stops in his tracks and the ball, it's just him and the defender and he's like, okay, well, I'm going to take you on now. And the defender makes his move and he skins him most of the time Then he and then he he, he comes up with something productive. So I'm, I'm uh, hoping Danny Carr sticks around next season and we, uh, we, got the, the we famous, tie him down. Got the famous backflip again. Yeah, hopefully he won't he, injure himself doing did this it, eventually. He did it in the warm down I've seen as well. that as well. That just was cool, yeah. And Stephen Alkin on commentary said, he must have got this celebration from Robbie Keane. Why? And I was like, uh, no. I guarantee you Robbie Keane has never done a backflip in his life. Carr does a full backflip where he rotates his this entire is, this body. Is, this right? is a moonsault. That's what that is. That's Robbie a Keane. angle moonsault. Robbie Keane does a cartwheel like a middle-aged man who hasn't tried gymnastics since he was in junior hey, interest. I've, I've seen better cartwheels from Kenny Barrett in the Abbo. Never mind Robbie Keane. So the comparison of athleticism there from between Danny Carr and Robbie Keane is a no-go completely. And uh, Danny Carr's 10th goal of the season. So uh, nine in the league and uh, definitely definitely somebody you want to keep a hold of for next season. You and Paddy Kilmartin would be creaming yourselves if we hold on to him. We were on the carry train long before anyone else. Danny Kerr, super fans. Shout out to Paul uh, McGrath. I'm I'm, skept- I'm hesitant to use surnames now after my, my clanger last week, but pretty sure it's Paul McGrath. Yeah, no, nah, that's a good old Paulie. Kilnarden like, Hoops. just hit a crap shot wide and he just turned around and looked at me. I was like, oh, there's your pal there. <laughs> <laughs> there's your pal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who's laughing now, pal, right? <laughs> now it was great afterwards with the fans and the players... Like it was kind of, it's kind of a dead rubber, wasn't it? I mean, ah, Dublin Derby's never dead a dead rubber. Like we want to finish toward. Well, we do. I really liked how pleased the players were with it. Were, were, were like were how happy they were with it. it seems like they definitely are pushing and on. They came out with the fans, toward, and like, yeah. they were just like chuffed with that win. Yeah, and uh, tough place to go to. In fairness, I mean, yeah, and ultras were in good spirit all night. Yeah, they, they nobody, certainly were. Nobody minds being kept back when you get a win like that in Richmond. No, definitely not. Definitely not. You can celebrate with the players. And very, very quiet on Twitter. Not a not not a slice of Brennan's bread mm. anywhere online. Yeah, football loves us after all. Football does love us, prof. We booed uh, Ryan Brennan on night. What did he ever do to us? Guilty by association. hundred <laughs> percent. Do we just boo people with that surname, is it? Yeah, anyone. The bread, uh anyone. They're all it's it's all going on the hill list of hatred. It just made me laugh. Um, my man the match Greg Bulger I thought he was excellent he bossed the midfield and he uh, potential captain material I spoke I think I don't think I spoke about it on the show but I spoke about possibly changing our captain next season I think as, listen Finner, Finner I, personally I think Finner has been a bit of a passenger recently hmm. I don't I, I think we need to change our captain I think Alan Manis is is a is a sound replacement there I think he's he barks orders. He's experienced, and I think that's what we need. Um, well, could you say Bulger? I mean, will that will that cause a bit of unrest in the team if you change your captain? May not agree with me on this, but I don't put a huge lot of emphasis on captains. Mm, I, and, I would disagree. And number with you. two, I wouldn't give it to a goalkeeper. So if I was going to do, it, I'd, I'd give it to Lee Grace. No, now you're I, saying he's I, not loud I, enough. But no, I definitely don't agree with you there. No, I think he's. But he's is, not, he's but, not a. What I mean is, is Greg just not going to do what he does anyway, armband or not? You wouldn't know how That's it would affect point. somebody. Yeah, maybe so, maybe so. Yeah, yeah. When you think of it like that, is is the captain armband a myth? Is I think, it all? I think at international level, especially, it means literally nothing. And like the English paper has gone about it, like it's like true, it's true. Yeah, maybe we, maybe we put it on a pedestal. Club football, yeah, it is important to an extent, but. No, I definitely think it is important, but it is when you say it like that. It's um, it is like if if you were, let's say, you were playing for Rovers and you got given the captain's armband, would you change up? Hmm. You would change how you go about your ways, would you? Or because you've been given the captain's armband, why should you change how you're going on? Because you've been given it for how you've been acting. I'm going too deep into this. <laughs> it's a good. It's a good. Uh, it's a good. Um, 
something good to talk about though yeah, especially now football for four months you know. oh for fuck's sake we'll find something we'll definitely find something um, yeah so uh, Prof give me some stats well you mentioned there a record Richmond Park not being good by any means that was only our second league win Ooh. in Itching Core in the last eight seasons the other one was wait uh, wait second win in yeah. eight years in the league in the league in Inchicore yep. wow the other was 2-0 in June 2016 that was a month before Nutty was sacked Shawzy yep and Pat Craig's true ball Pat Craig ventured beyond the halfway line that day girl. yeah I know eh? I remember being shot took him in for an MRI after <laughs> <laughs> and that was our 34th league game of the season which may sound like a pointless stat but it's the first time we've played that many since we've won the league in 2011 because it's been a 33 game league ever since Prof with the stats and this one won't surprise you at all Danny Kerr is one of the most sold players in the whole division that's a yeah I noticed that is like he doesn't be blown out of his arse that, that much now I don't think he's I, I'd, I'd love to see, see him get 90 and just, just keep an eye on him and you know like mm-hmm. on player watch to see where, is, he, is he huffing and puffing is he struggling you know I thought this was the perfect time to mention that stat because he was on the pitch in the 91st minute there, and there he was to score the winner. But he's been taken off 16 out of 26 league starts. 16 out of 26. And I interviewed him after in the, the Pats press room, a.k.a. the program shop. And um, the the woman who runs the shop in there, it was Jared Bryan gave the interview now. I think that was his first home interview ever. Yeah. I think his first game was Dundalk away, wasn't it? And she was saying that Apparently, Liam Buckley's wife used to always make noise during the other manager's interviews <gasps> for RTE. So what, he just what, be- hold on, hold on. what type of noise? <laughs> Any noise? Just in the back, going making cow noises. <laughs> just like for that whole two minutes or whatever, there would always be some clatter or clink or whatever going on, messing around. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So you said uh, uh, Jared Bryan was in there. Yeah. Did he uh, give anybody the hairdryer treatment? <laughs> um, yeah, so um, we have, uh, we're going to move on onto other matters in the league and uh, the D7 lads have another new home, they have another home draw in the quarterfinals of the Red Lemonade Cup. Sligo lost to Motherwell Reserves. Now, in fairness, there was a bit going on behind the scenes with that because they had, a, I think their flight was delayed and they only travelled on the day and there was a, I think they literally just got to the game and they had to play. So I think there was a, a couple of... Uh, situ- there was a situation involved there. The Bows have uh, East Fife. That's who they drew at home. And yeah. remember, there's been a 4-4-5 East Fire 4 in 1964, but there's never been a score of East Fife 4, 4-4-5, except on penalties recently. Say it again. No. <laughs> so we have... Um, yeah, so that's their home draw. In uh, the Red Lemonade Cup. <sighs> and um, the video of the new Daily Mount as well. So Shell Shellhemians are, I don't know, what else could you have? Bowborn, Bowborn <laughs> FC. They, um, a new video of the new Daily Mount was uh, brought out. And this must be killing uh, Bowls fans because they, they love their, their little crusty vibe that they have in Daily Mount. And now they're going to get this brand spanking new shiny stadium. I mean, is it just going to be just as soulless, inverted commas, as, as Talit is now? I mean, that's that, I they, they pride themselves on their crustiness. So, Always a fun game to play for these concept videos and images. Are, you look at like how many seats are in the stand and all that, and just start cutting it down. That'll be the reality. Yeah, cut it down. Yeah, it's never, ever going to be the, the amount that they say it is. So. Although this is a Delaney project, so maybe it actually will be bang on 6,000. But then, I think it has to be to be away for category whatever. Oh yeah, there's, there's yeah. regulations there already. Right. But then, yeah. then you look at the years as well that they're given. Say that it'll be complete and just add a couple more on to that oh, as yeah, well. Of course, of course. Maybe two or three. And um, yeah, so that is uh, daily mount. And like I said, we've no idea when that's going to start. Apparently, the shells fans aren't too happy with this merger as well of of them moving into um, daily mount. So. Uh, yeah, we'll keep our eyes and ears open on any more developments on that one. We had two managerial changes as well. We had Owen Heary. He has gone from Shelbourne. And Jared Little has gone from Sligo. Jared Little it just never happened from at Sligo, did it? His home record was yeah. horrendous. It always looked His away like, record was great. 
It always looked like he was about to get going. Yeah, and then he'd just lose another home game, another home game, and then he'd win like three on the trot away. Like the away, I'd say their away days were great. They'd like eight or nine wins in the league, and yeah. it just never ever got going from. And looking like Bucko is going to go in there, and uh, I mean Sligo had played some fa- fantastic football, some yeah. passing football with Cookie on board, so it well, could suit their style. I think they've only like appointed one manager from the Republic of Ireland in the last 12, 13 years. So I think they'll probably go I, to the UK again. I think they they should go in for Bucko. I think that'd be a good mm. appointment. Things has got a little bit stale with him at Pats. Um, I think that'd be a good appointment. Also, we've got to mention that Shell's won the Leinster Senior Cup for the second Two, year yeah, in a row. Yeah, second year in a row. Hopefully they've since up security at Talca Park. I'm looking for Anto creeping around the Stuger <laughs> table in the Talca Bar. Try and hang on to the job this time. Yeah, so it's here he gone. Uh, who's going to step into the Shelbourne hot seat? Could be Nutsy. Yeah, so could Nutsy get himself back into the hot seat? We're not too sure. Uh, who else could you tip for the Shelbourne job? It could be someone out of left field as well. It could be someone up and coming, some young gun. But uh, nothing confirmed, yeah. Alan Cawley. Alan Cawley, yeah. Sure, they have our former centre-half as a CEO, don't they? Yeah, so Dundee have sacked their manager Neil McCann and assistant Graham Gartland after their poor start to the Scottish Premiership. This is news to me, Prof. Could Graham come back to Rovers? I'd be delighted with him to come back. I'd love to see him come back as our community officer, but listen, I don't think once you make the step up to someone like that, like a, a role like that, I don't think you're going to drop back down to a role like the one he was already doing at Rovers. But, um, interesting to see where he ends up now. Yeah, yeah it should be interesting. Um, yes yeah, so an article in the Star recently had us after Graham Cummins of Cork and Noah Baba of Waterford who I have seen nothing of I haven't really seen him yet. anything well, no, he was a, Friday, supposedly hopefully. a starlet rising up I think Young Fields he's a name are, I heard a lot of years yeah. ago Young Fields are playing the same league as him said he was the defender so um, Eden Boyle was wanted by Sheffield United according to the same article as well so uh, we mixed need. reviews on that all we need now is the usual Christy Fagan story. Yeah, just waiting for that now. Jesus, he's gone off the radar, off the boil, off everything, isn't he? Yeah. Remember when he was uh, he was absolutely stoking hot and it just never, it never, it hasn't happened from the day he always resigns a Pats. That's when I realised how many Pats fans I follow on Twitter because they all just go mental in celebrations when he signs that deal. No, he's uh, maybe not so this year, but. In the past, I think he's had a serious injury, so there's, yeah. there's a reason we haven't we haven't seen much of him. So, um, yeah, that's it. I think that's it for the rumors so far. Not, I heard nothing else. I mean, we're we're on the look. We need a couple of players. Um, I mean, as a lot of people think, we need another centre half. Which I don't know. Do you think so? Do you think we need another centre half? Not if Joey can stay. fit. If Joey can stay fit, it's it's it, it's a great player to have in there on the squad. And you have Pico and Grace there. But I think Pico has been excellent. If Joey doesn't stay fit and one of those get injured or suspended, who are you going to slot in there? The thing is, we always saw Sam Bone as a backup centre half. But I don't think, has he even played there one solid year? Um, I think he has because he played left back maybe. Yeah, he's yeah. played he's played full back a few times, right yeah. back a couple of times midfield. But then let's say one hundred percent, we need pace and power on the wings. I keep talk, talking about it. We do need wingers. We need a goal scorer. I think we're okay in centre midfield. But uh, it's like even it's easy enough for us to say that, right? But let's say we do get four players in. Let's say we get a centre half, two wingers, and a striker. For one of them to be a success at the end of next season is is huge. I mean, if if you sign four players and all of them were had good seasons, like that's that's massive. So it's tough. It's 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 great. It's all great saying, oh yeah, let's get this player in, let's get that player in. They have to have good seasons as well. Recruitment has to be done right, and then they have to click as well. So it's. It's a tough job. Um, we have uh, congrats to Hooperman on his wedding to Mrs. Hooperman, and the players recorded a video message for him. So um, probably off making Hooper babies in wherever they are, Mexico or wherever they went in their honeymoon. So next up, we have two charity events we wanted to plug. There's an LOI mascot race at Nice Racehorse Race Course on Sunday, and. Um, Hooperman is actually the favourite. He's seven to four. Yeah, seven to four on the odds. Yeah, so I'd be lumping on. Depends how much sleep he gets the night before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Depends which Hooperman it is. If it's Dan Fulham, uh, I'm gonna drop the odds a little bit probably. But if it's the Dan Fulham we know, I'm gonna give him one to five. And um, 
Yeah, so we had Shamrock Rovers Legends managed by the one and only Mick Bourne, who I've seen a few times knocking around Tala now, absolute gent, always stopping for a chat. And they'll face Foresight and Friends at Tex Ground at Stradbrook. That's Sunday week the 28th. And if you're not at our end of season special, that is question and, a, question and answers with uh, Paul McGrath after two. So the end of season special is going to be an absolute cracker. Have we got mm. confirmed? Have we got 12 seeds confirmed, Prof? We've actually got 13. The oh, we've added an extra one. We, we average about three dropouts per, per show. So we'll see what that ends. This up could uh, this could be a feisty one because we've yeah. a we've a lot of people on board, and uh, I'm currently making plans for the after party as well. So I reckon we'll be hitting the forge or in the round that. So um, yeah, there is a little matter of the three underage semi-finals against St Pat's now. So firstly on Saturday, 15s are at Richmond Park at 12 p.m. Uh, then two games on Sunday and the 17s are in Shakara at 11am and the 19s host Pats in Tala at 3pm kickoff. so hopefully they're, they're quite strong see they'd be they'd be a lot of young Crumlin players they're 15 and just won the cup didn't yeah they? that was pretty yeah. much Crumlin you know the way yeah. balls are Kevin's and th- that, that situation so they'd, they'd be pretty handy yeah. our 15s if you saw on Facebook have been climbing walls in preparation they could just go around the house of Richmond and use the door <laughs> don't have to climb walls, over yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen that now scaling walls uh, yeah. and our under 11s were in Leverkusen at the weekend and they qualified for the gold finals so congrats to the young hoops and the Ireland under 19s beat Netherlands 2-1 to top their qualifying group with <coughs> Bulger playing the whole match and Keane Clark on the bench so I'd love to see Aaron Bulger get a bit more playing time next year it was restricted this season I'm, I don't know can you say it's because of his leaving cert possibly but uh, hopefully he gets a lot more playing time next year because he's a fantastic young prospect and um, I mean he's he'll probably go into college or whatever or whatever happens but I cannot wait to see more of this guy because he's a fantastic young player and a great prospect Meanwhile, and the Ireland under twenty ones have still never qualified for a tournament in their history, which how is, can you keep, right, which is pathetic. This is this has been a talking point on Twitter and about a couple of other thing, uh, platforms as well. Like, how can you maintain your status as a manager if you consistently underachieve? How long is he in the job? Eight years? Don't even know. He has underachieved for so long, and he will not pick homegrown players like he will. That's that's harsh. He won't. He will, but he he'll always dip into the English market, and like you should be pick, like now that we've Why got isn't the fifth picking like Dylan Watts, for example. Exactly, we've got the fifteens and seventeens and nineteens now at national level. Those are the they're they're the ones you want to be dipping into, giving them international experience, and like it's it's embarrassing the twenty ones. Absolutely embarrassing. Apparently, there was nine English-born players. Are you telling me that there's not a good, there's not good enough Irish players in the league? I, I really doubt that. I, de- I, de- I definitely think there is. I just, no, no King is is a, he's prehistoric at this stage. He's dinosaur tactics, and to be honest, it's just like the the senior team now. So I, I really think Noel King needs to step aside and get some young dynamic forward thinking coach in there same same with the, with the with the national team as well we are going backwards rapidly and what I'm dreading now is our 19s are on fire beat Holland 2-1 with some fantastic performance and now who's going to inherit them fucking Noel King he's going to ruin them he'll probably scalp half of them That's and scary. go trawling around the lower leagues in England looking for these guys with a fucking Irish granny and it's it's a it's, scary thought it's horrible so 19 is pretty much the end of your pathway because it's just going to call some players up from League 2 or whatever yeah and then you go scope and play industrial or agricultural football as they call it but uh, no it's it, it really is embarrassing I've never seen so like in all like we used to follow the the, the national team a lot in our in our youth we've we've kind of um, grown disillusioned with it in recent times but when have you ever seen such um hatred and and disappointment towards the national team I have no interest both of those na- Nations <laughs> League games I forgot they were on until afterwards yeah but the, have you seen Twitter Twitter is on fire everybody's calling for his head it's 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 yeah. widespread but is this one of those things where people have just jumped on the bandwagon and thought like we're a, band, we're a bandwagon nation so now the bandwagon is to slate the national team 
So that famous bandwagon that we always jump on is now Slate in the national team. But I, yeah. I, we've been talking about it for a while. We're not, we're not fans at all of the way things are being run. So it's um, yeah. So we'll move on. And we have uh, d- next up we have Quifties, and it's the All Ireland semi final. Davy Mack and Big Alan Manis. It's a Tanda Cup clash. <laughs> right, so it's the questions from the East End semi-final between Dave McAllister and Adam Manis. And they're going to duke it out for the right to play Joey O'Brien in the big final next week. So you know the rules by now. Ten questions each, half of them football, half of them general knowledge. So Al has won the coin toss. He's going first and we're going with football first. Okay. First question. Uh, what was notable about David Trezeguet's winning goal for France in the Euro 2000 final? In the final? Yeah. Got the time. I'll be generous. I'll be generous. I'll be generous. No idea. No. No. It was a golden goal. Right. Let me go that on. Right, Dave, pick one. This one here, please. Right, Dave. Uh, Usain Bolt scored a brace in a trial game recently for which Australian club? Went viral. Um, Melbourne. No, Central Coast Mariners. Yeah, I was going to go Brisbane then as well. What just right. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Brisbane Raw. Going to start a team going here. Uh, <coughs> the Intercity Cup, the Blacksnake Cup, the Texaco Cup, and the Tyler Cup were all what sort of competitions? They're all old and defunct now. What sort of competitions? Cross-border. Hmm. Uh, Four seconds. Cross-border, Northern Ireland, Republic of Ireland. Yeah. yeah, you got it. Well done. That's a guess. Yeah. What else could it be? I don't know. I was going to say I'm not good, ah. but... Right. Dave? But these are football questions. Yeah, yeah. That's right, please. Uh, which former... Lead striker from Ghana was known for his sensational goals. Tony Abou. Yep. One all. Yeah. yeah. Was around Bounds the street. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's an easy one to say. Right, relevant to you, Al. How many clean sheets do Rovers have in the league this year? Twenty-one. Twenty. League race said the other night something like I think yeah. that's about yeah. 21 but uh, otherwise I wouldn't have known it's the same as Dundalk same as Dundalk yeah. 20 yeah. Yeah. this one up here please as for Davy, who is currently top of the Bundesliga Um. I should just go for one of those tasties. Three seconds. Munich. Where am I now? Dortmund. I'm going to steal that one. Between <laughs> the two of them, I was going to just go for it. Yeah, we're going to just actually say that. I just wasn't well, doing it until It's too easy to be Munich, isn't it? It's like Munich. Yeah, I know, yeah. As easy as that. Yeah. Uh, you're next to it. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, True or false? Neither the Republic of Ireland nor Northern Ireland under 21s have ever qualified for a tournament. Uh, false. It's true. Never qualified. Yes. Mm. Right, Dave. Up here, please. <coughs> Silvio Berlusconi. On which Serie A club until 2017? Juventus. I thought you'd get that one. No. 
AC Milan. Was that after the scandal? Was that I think players of them? They started signing big money players in 2017, didn't they? for his bunga bunga parties too. How many league goals has Dan Carr scored this season? No. Nine. Yep. <laughs> you knew that, but you didn't know the clean sheet. <laughs> Is that just a pure guess? Yeah. Because <laughs> he's got right. ten in all competitions, has he? Yeah, one on the Europa League. So, Davey, last football question. Who is Argentina's most capped player ever? This is just too simple, you know what the hell Four seconds. Messi. No. Is it Romero? Javier Mascherano. Oh, yeah. 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 So Al, you're winning 2-1 going into general knowledge here. Thomas, he's just so young. Yeah. First general knowledge question. I don't think either of you are on Twitter, are you? No. no. How many characters can fit into a tweet? 140. No, they increased it recently to 280. And was it 140? It was, yeah. They doubled it. Okay, Dave. I reckon you get this. Mr. Blonde, Mr. Pink, Mr. Blue, and Mr. Brown are all characters in which 1992 heist film? Reservoir Dogs. Yep. Back in. Back in, was that too old? Yep. She's a low score in semi final, isn't it? <laughs> Thank God Joey's not here, we get an office stick. She's pure skeleton. <laughs> Al, who, was, <laughs> who was the first man on the moon? Buzz Aldrin? No, he was second. Yeah, Neil, Neil Armstrong was first. Mm. Thought you get that now. Alright, Dave. Could be a tiebreaker here. Who wrote the autobiography of Mark Twain? Mark Twain? Yeah. Have you heard that one before? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what is the closest living relative to the T-Rex dinosaur? Is it a chicken, alligator, or a tortoise? Alligator. It's a chicken. What's the scars? One, two, three. 3 2 deal, Dave. Uh, Dave, spell the word procrastinate. P R O C R A S T I N A T E. Yep. That was exactly what he said. Well, what a hell to we had it out from You can play it back if you want. <laughs> Do you want to spell it again? Do it again, just double check. Uh, it's the first answer, the one that's taken. Yeah, I'll take it first answer. P-R-O-C-R-A-S-T-I-N-A-T. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Just make sure. Oh. <laughs> How many seconds are there in an hour? Three thousand six hundred. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, Dave, what year was the Good Friday Agreement signed? <laughs> Nineteen ninety-six. No. Ah, oh, 97. 98. 98. Costly. Could be costly. Did you got that one? No. We didn't want it. Right, so this is the opening lyric of an 80s song. Do you can tell me what it is? It's close to midnight and something evil is lurking in the dark. Ah, come on. 
Jackson. Yeah. Shredder, Mike Jackson. Ron and you too. Where does that leave us? Got some more. Yeah. I'm up, am I? 4 3, you're up, so. You! That's good anyway. Alright, go, bro. What year did the Battle of the Boyne take place? Fucking hell. I actually don't know the exact year. 1607? You weren't far off. 1608? 1690. 1690. Yeah. I want the Bogdells to go to Al. <laughs> 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 That's a bit. Hello now. Good game. So me and Joe in the final end there. So an excellent win there by Dave McAllister. And he'll go on to play Joey O'Brien in the final. So the final. We'll have uh, an absolute blockbuster of a final on our hands. And uh, I can't wait for that. Hopefully we get the whole team around. And we get a bit of an atmosphere. Because the last one was an absolute cracker and kickstart as well. So that'll be it. And then the Waterford stats prof. Schleid some our way. Uh, some stats. Uh, some stats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're looking for our first home win over Waterford since July 2011. Ooh. Or sorry, 2007 at Talca Park. And we won 2-0 in a rearranged game. Because the last one had been abandoned Ooh. due to a loose floodlight pylon. Jesus. And here's an interesting one now, right? We have 20 clean sheets this season. Ooh. The same as Dundalk. What? Yep. So we have the same amount of clean sheets as Dundalk. Yep. And they have streaked ahead of us. Wow. And by comparison, we kept eight last year. And by comparison, we kept 15 in 2010 and 16 in 2011 when we won league titles. Yeah, they, were, they were 36 games too, weren't they? Those seasons. Yeah, yeah I think so. And Bowles, remember that like solid defence in 2008 where they just steamrolled everyone? They kept 20 clean sheets. Uh, the best Premier Division total, I think, is 23 for Dundalk in 991. Alan O'Neill actually mentioned that when he was on the show. He was in goal. And, and it's a new record for us in the top flight. Go on. Our record had been 19... 2007 under uh, Pat Scully and we kept 24 in the first division so we've set a record our all time clean sheet record has been set this season in the top flight yeah no way yep stats city look at look at the puff as he sits in Johnny Blues foraging for stats in his native pub (laughs) that that was a cracker now in fairness they were from my favourite ones that 20 clean sheet one wow didn't know we're on the nature channel. <laughs> 20 clean sheets is a yeah. record. And we've equaled Dundalk. That's unbelievable. Surely yeah. we can build on that. We have to build on that. So here's the thing. Don't change the defence. How about that? It's working. People For all, this, for all the, mm. the grief that Boyle gets, it's working. We've equaled the champions clean sheets and it's official record. So let's build on the other half. All our fucking all our effort goes into getting a goal scorer and some wingers. We've got a solid foundation now. Solid foundation. This is the most solid we've ever been. If you go back to the start of Brad's reign, all he's been mostly accused of not having a solid base yeah. of a defence. So a striker and some wingers and some goal scoring options. So um, yeah. So next up is start elevens and predictions. <laughs> So I'll go first and uh, still an important game but I'm going to go big. Uh, do you know what? Yeah, I'll go big Al. Big Al, uh, Cabinet left full, Boyle right full. We'll go with Pico and Lopez. We're going to go with... Um, we'll go Brandon Cabinet out left. We'll go Joel Cousteau out wide. We'll have... I'm going to give Young Bulger a game with Greg and mm-hmm. Watts and then we're going to go uh, Danny Carr up top of course. And young C block to come on, hopefully, and get a game. So I'm dropping Roman um, Finn. Again! I just want to see young Aaron Bulger get a game, to be honest. I think he'll do well. Oh, yeah, actually, yeah. Put him in against those big men, because the last time he was in against a big big midfield, it was Cork, and he ran the game, so I think he's well able. I want to see Aaron Bulger back too, so that that is pretty much my team, now that I think about it. Because I wasn't going to play green again. No. You think he's had a chance and he's he's out injured now as well. As and well. I definitely want Brandon Cavanagh in the team. Yeah. Oh, what a player. And I wouldn't change the defence. So yes, that's my team. 
And for, as as regards, I'm going to go for a humdinger of a 4-3. How about that? 4-3. I'm going for my late 1-0 win. Bang on. Classic end of season affair. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That's exactly yeah. what I'm thinking. A humdinger of 4-3. And you know what? Danny Carr hat-trick. Ooh. Danny Carr hat-trick. I'll go for a slightly less exciting 3-2 win. 3-2. Still an absolute cracker. So, um... We're nearly there now, folks. We have our voting has closed for the 2018 Player of the Year and the Young Player of the Year awards. The awards ceremony we have the Friday's at match. They didn't have any more. So, what have you gone for, Prof? I saw the debate about this and about how league races are only consistent performer over the full season. But this won't be a surprise to too many people. I'm going to go with Dan Kerr. Yeah, do you know what? I think somebody said that recently, and that is uh, his his second half of the season form. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a great show I'm going to go with Grace also I don't like going a defender or a goalkeeper for player of the year it sums up the kind of season you've had yeah goalkeeper, your goalkeeper getting player of the year sums up your season doesn't it yeah. but I think I think Grace has been just so, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a defender myself Pat Tutti will tell you what I was like at the back you know master, master stroke you know it was, it was just such a, a, thing, a thing of beauty me and young Tutti at the back and um I, I love seeing a defender who likes to defend and enjoys defending and he's just so brilliant in the ball and it's it's a fanta- it's fantastic watch I really hope we hold on to him so. the young player uh, debate was rumbling on Facebook people are talking about how can you give it to Gavin Bazzoni when he only played 6 it's games it's changed now after how many, how many 90 minutes has Brandon Cavanagh mm. played I can yeah weighing up all those arguments I would give it to Watts yeah I'm giving it to Watts I'm going Grayson Watts you're going Carr Watts uh, unfortunate for Cavanagh if Cavanagh had more games he certainly would have had a couple of goals a couple of assists so I'd, I'd weigh in actually I'd probably say that he could have more assists than than Watts possibly Brandon yeah he did have that corner right in yeah, the Limerick game possibly and, that, and he, I think it's against Bray maybe he got one or two assists but um, we'll, uh, we'll check it out anyway so it's the last home game of the season get yourself down to the 1899 bar a couple of points raise Curry uh, humdinger of a game and then the player of the year presentation afterwards and uh, think about how much you're going to miss football Friday nights in Tata for four months when you're deciding whether or not to go to this game horrendous I'm already looking forward to pre-season so um, yeah so that is it and we will keep you uh, posted on everything Rovers during the off-season we'll have a couple of shows but uh, we're not over yet we've still Sligo rave bus to go to and uh, get your boiler suits and your stripy balaclavas ready because that's going to be a cracker so um, see you in the East End and keep on hooping see ya And so